Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard, Ram Nation, right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM via Rams Unlimited. I do the extended pregame show before I pass it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. And tomorrow night, the second season begins a 10 conference play. Last year, the Rams, a 10 conference regular season champions and tournament champions. So, a lot of expectations now based off of last season's results for new head coach Ryan Odom. All of Ram Nation knows the expectations every year are to get to the NCAA tournament. The good news is that the A 10 did a lot better in out of conference play and should be in line to be a multi-bid league. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from VCU Ram Nation, the founder. It's Matt shelton What's going on, Matt? Happy New Year, Adam. How's it going, man? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. How would you recap the out-of-conference play for the Rams? You know, I think the best way to describe the out-of-conference this year is what if. Um, yeah. Especially after two games with Bearso and Damasil. Uh, we saw what they could do. Just, you know, four-point loss to Iowa State, overtime loss to Memphis, you know, that difficult loss to Norfolk State. What if, um, if we have Bamisil and Barso, <laughs> odds are we're looking a lot better and we're looking definitely like a tournament team. Um, you, would, you would think that those two would have really helped get us over the hump in those games that would have easily made us a tournament resume team. Yeah, I mean, I'm not upset with myself for dreaming that this team could have been undefeated if they had Joe Bam uh, and Sean Barstow throughout the season. But now Ryan Odom's got his full complement of players, and I think he's going to tinker with the roster and the lineups a little bit. How do you think it's going to change in A-10 conference play? Well, that's yeah, that's the thing is before I think we had three guys on the bench. Now we've got five, mm-hmm. so – um, and that is something that struck me actually in the last game is, you know, we had a huge, we had like a 20 point lead and we quote unquote, you dump the bench and you, then you've got Michael Bell out there. You've got guys, Kwani, Kwani, you've guys that were previously starters. So I think he's, yeah, he's definitely got some tinkering to do. Um, <laughs> because clearly you, in bringing back Vanessa and Barista, you bring back a lot of experience. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's got guys he was leaning on early. So how do you keep those happy? or those guys happy with their playing time. But but I think, yeah, it's he's got some, some figuring out to do, especially um, now we've got a little bit of a sample. You can see how much better Toby plays when he's got a distributing big out there like Bearstow. But, um, uh, yeah, I think they're figuring out quick, and, and uh, it's, it's a good problem to have for sure. It is a good problem to have, but you have to make sure that everybody's happy and a guy that I'm worried about is Zeb Jackson because we've seen his numbers go down immediately in two games with uh, Sean Barristow. And a lot of that is because Barristow dribbles the ball up the court. You know, I love that about him. He's, you know, VCU's Magic Johnson with his ability to kind of set up the offense. But we've got to find a way to get Zeb more shots and really get Zeb going to the basket because I, I think. VCU is at their best when we've got a backcourt that's combining for 30 points like they had at earlier times this season. Right. Well, you know, Zeb went from a 30-minute guy to a 20-minute guy in these last two games. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, Bearstow is now averaging a team-high 16.5 points. 
Banisil's at 15. Both are ahead of Jackson. Yeah. So, I mean, 20-some minutes as a senior is not, is not terrible. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Zeb understands what, what's going on there. And it's definitely more than last year. But, but yeah, it, it does highlight that challenge of here, here's a guy we leaned on early or Michael Bell, who was a starter. He just played four minutes. He was 11 minutes before the, the game before that. You know, how do you – those are uh, conversations I'm glad I don't have to have. Um, but, you know, I think if you're saying, at least for the young guys, uh, Bama still and Bear, so these are, these are their – this is the last show for them. So things look good for next year. Um, we've seen how, how much they play when those guys aren't there. But for right now, we just got to win. And, you know, if you want to get more minutes, you got to earn them in practice. Yeah, there's so many strengths to this squad. I feel like we've got a ton of three-point shooters. Uh, I love the offense, the flow with Ryan Odom taking over as the head coach. What would you point to as a few weaknesses? Like for me, I still think we're soft inside defensively. Whenever we go up against like a big body, a 300-pound uh, forward, they seem to always give us fits. So, so statistically, you know, the turnovers are still an issue. Mm. Um, that's that's been an obvious issue. I'm with you there too. Like it, it feels like there at times guys can score pretty easily uh, down in the paint on us, but then you look at the numbers. We're a top 42 point percentage defense, so the the numbers say the opposite. Uh, to me, I think you know just figuring out what what we what exactly we're doing at the five. We don't have like a a post up big yeah. where things aren't going well, where you can just you know, dump it down and say, hey, Mo Alley Cox, go back this down. Hey, Marcus Sanchez Silva, back this guy down and get us a little hook shot. To me, that's kind of feels like what's missing. Um, our our bigs are young, and they, I mean, at times they feel soft. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, outside of that, things, things look pretty good. Who would you point to as the A-10 conference play X factor? And I'm not going to let you choose Bamisil or Bearstow. The X factor for us, uh, um, I'd probably say, I mean, because obviously, you know, Max is too obvious of one as well. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess I'll go with Zeb Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you know what you're going to get with Max. He's been quite consistent um, his last three years, basically since coming to Utah State. I think Jason Nelson's been fantastic. I hope he can keep hitting threes. But I think Zeb is Zeb is the interesting one. Um, because he's had games this year where he just absolutely lit it up, he's been pretty hot or cold. So I think he's he's your X factor. He's such a great defensive player. So if he can give you consistency on offense, um, he just makes our team that much more dangerous. Yeah, and you mentioned my X factor. I'm going with Jason Nelson. He's shooting the best uh, three-point shot out of everybody besides Toby Lawal. He doesn't have enough shots to uh, really be included. He's at 60%. Jason Nelson at 42 uh, point two, and I, I really think when you look at the second unit, if, if Jason Nelson can, can can continue to have like two or three assists a game and limit the turnovers and hit the three-point shot, and, and I really think you know I think VCU's at their best when Jason Nelson's the point guard and Zeb and Max can play off ball, and, and so I'd love a lineup with Jason Nelson, Max, Zeb, and then maybe you know Barstow and Toby Lawal down low. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I, you know, I've thought a lot about Jason Nelson recently with having Max and Berso on the floor and kind of what Jason Nelson weirdly reminds me of is the kid Stephen Ashworth who mm. played under Ryan Odom last year at Utah State and he's now at Creighton. Um, Jason, obviously he's shot the leather off the ball at the start. He's having his best year shooting. But over the past four games, he's averaging five assists. He only has three total turnovers over that stretch. So there is some 
some real point guards starting to scream out of him. And I think just with having all these other guys back on the court, it, it really helps show that. Matt Shelton, I, the founder of VCU Ram Nation, with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What do you know about the Bonnies? Give us a preview of the game against St. Bonaventure tomorrow night. Well, I know they beat us last year at home, and that was a much worse team. So that's something that's on my radar. There's a bit of a revenge factor. Uh, they've been very efficient all year. They haven't played the toughest schedule. They haven't had the best results against the tough teams they've played. They're, they're like us in a way if you really look at them on paper. Um, but they've got a really nice transfer um, out of Cincinnati, Mike Adams-Woods. Um, that's a guy they didn't have last year. He's shooting 50% from three right now. Uh, I expect those numbers to regress to the mean. Um, but, again, it's a lot like the team they had last year, but then you add Adams-Woods. Um, as just And they got, they got this kid, Charles Pride, too, out of Bryant, who's having a heck of a year. They're both shooting over 40% from three. So take a team that beat us last year, add in two good shooting guards um, and great coaching, and they're, they're a challenge. Plus, the kid Chad Venning is just a load in the paint, and he's yeah. someone that I'm, I'm going to have nightmares about tonight uh, as I get ready for tomorrow's game. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was pointing to earlier. A guy like Venning, who ju- it just seems like he did it last year. He scored too easily against a guy like Jalen Deloach, so I'm just – I'm worried how um, you know Furman and Lawal will play against him. Great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it, and I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you late tomorrow, Adam. Yeah, I know. It's the latest game of the season. What's up with that? No That's, clue. Yeah, you know what? They, they're probably doing an A-10 game on TV right before us. Uh, you know what I'm I mean? I'm sure what it is. I think they probably they know we're all fresh off of New Year's. They know we're used to staying up late now, so they're going to give us that early. Yep, and, and we'll give them TV ratings because <laughs> Ram Nation yeah. goes across the country. All right, that's Mel Shatton. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And you can check out the Black and Gold Fan podcast on the Odyssey app, Spotify, or iTunes. It's myself alongside three diehard fans of Ram Nation, Connor Bailey has been a season ticket holder his entire life. Caleb Jones, the stat monster, has been going to games since he was in diapers. And so we've got a new episode that will be released tonight. We're going to record right after I get off the airwaves today, preview the St. Bonaventure game and the G-Dub game on January 6th, as well as going around the A-10 and recapping all of the non-conference games for VCU, as Ram Nation has Joe Bamisil back in the lineup. Sean Barristow now not just back in the lineup, but leading the Rams in scoring points per game. It has been fun to see those guys represent VCU, and I can't wait for that game tomorrow. So new episode of the Black and Gold Fan Podcast will be available later today. But I wanted to get back into the Commanders here. Can I hear a little Commanders Corner theme song, Stub? As we recap the 27-10 loss to the Washington Commanders, and we start with, how did I feel watching that game? I really did feel good about Washington in the first half. Yes, they got blanked in the first quarter, but I thought we had a few decent drives. I didn't think Sam Howe looked that bad. And then by halftime, you look up, and it was a close game. It was 10-10, and the Niners scored, and it was 13-10 to go into the half. But then 
Washington didn't score in the third quarter, and the Niners did. Niners scored again in the fourth quarter, and the Commanders couldn't. They win 27-10 as Sam Howell finishes with a lousy performance, 17-28, of 28, 169 yards, two interceptions, one touchdown, one sack. I don't know, man. Stubb, what did you think? It, like, I just feel like Sam is almost broken. And, and look, part of me wants to just blame Ron Rivera because I'm not sure there's anybody on the roster right now that wants to play for him. They're playing for each other. They're playing for their game check. They're playing for their families and their friends. They're not playing for Ron. And so because of that, he's constantly running for his life. He doesn't have a good offensive line. And to me, the enemy's forcing things. Right? They only ran the ball 14 times. They ran the ball 14 times. Why? Because Biennemi doesn't care about running the ball. Because he's already focused on the next job he's going to get next season. Because this season's over. Because Ron stinks. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. And you and me said that Sam, the next three games, really had to prove to us that he was the guy. Yeah. And he got benched the first game. Wasn't supposed to play this one. Yeah. And uh, more t- it, it, we see these interceptions from him every I single agree. game. I mean, it's just, just this is why they needed to fire Ron Rivera because it's a circus in Washington. Sam Howe's supposed to be the quarterback of the future. You benched him in a meaningless game, destroyed his confidence. But then you say, you come to the podium the next week and you say, oh yeah, he's still our QB1. And then in the third quarter against the Rams, he's not having a great game and it wasn't terrible. You benched him again, and you went to Jacoby Brissett. And then, oh, if you hadn't you know, ripped his confidence away from him enough, you go to the podium and you say, yeah, we're going to go with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that'll do. We're going to go with the backup veteran that's not going to be here next year over Sam Howe. Because we got to make it fair for the other guy because they want to win a meaningless game that means nothing to no one. This whole season was built on trying to find out if we have our franchise quarterback. So let's not play him the final two games. That's so stupid. And then Jacoby Brissett gets hurt. I don't think he was hurt. That's You know what? You want me to be honest in 2024? I think he pulled a Taylor Heineke and he said, Ron Rivera is too much of a doofus to realize <laughs> how stupid it would be to start me and for me to risk injury for next year when I can make a big bag of money as a backup on any team in the NFL based off of what I did in two performances in a fourth quarter against teams that weren't trying, I think Jacoby Brissett went up to Ron Rivera and said, my hammy hurts. Play Sam Howell. Just such a circus here in Washington that you name Jacoby Brissett the starter and then there's this phantom injury from the end of the game in which he played that doesn't come out until Thursday? Yeah, that's not a... (laughs) So Sam Howell didn't game plan, didn't practice as the starter, then was thrown back into the starting lineup because Ron Rivera's an idiot, and Jacoby Brissett had a fake injury, and so Sam is forced to start, and he plays lousy. And the team doesn't want to play for Ron Rivera, and and Eric Biennemi doesn't want to run the ball for Ron Rivera. He wants to throw and get more passing yardage and get more total offense so that his statistics look good at the end of the year. It's a crapshoot. It's a circus. And I'm starting to blame Josh Harris. I thought I would never blame the owner again after we got rid of Dan Snyder. I thought, fine. You know, ding dong, the witch is gone. Witch old witch, that bitch Dan Snyder. I thought the devil was gone and my franchise would be fine once again. But you know what? Ron Rivera still has the stench of Dan Snyder on his ass. No matter how much he washes, no matter how much he showers, 
There's cold showers in FedEx, Ron. No matter how much you wipe, you still have the stain of Dan Snyder. Did you see the uh, 49ers locker room, the TV they yeah. were watching, yeah. like the little, oh, yeah. the I mean, tiniest just, television that, in that the world? That television has been there from the 90s, and everybody <laughs> made the joke that I'll steal. They were watching their playoff birth get uh, given. Get birthed. Get birthed <laughs> on this, the TV from Michael Scott's house yeah. in the office. Uh, <laughs> it's the smallest television ever. FedEx sucks. Place is a dump. If I will say from this game, if Sam Howell learned anything from Brissett, it's that he just got to throw it to Terry. You he hasn't you been do. doing it for weeks. He watched Jacoby yeah. do it two games in a row. Six targets, four catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. All of those came in the first half. Yeah. All of them came in the first half. Yeah, I started Terry McLaurin in fantasy. Boy, do I have a fantasy story for you. Oh. Fantasy championships. You, oh, you're in it. That was this past weekend. Because right. everybody right, that right. plays fantasy knows, and stop, I'm going to teach you a lesson here. You cannot have the championship beak the final week, week 18, or previously week right. 17, because so many players don't play. Mm-hmm. You know, for years, that makes I would draft Peyton Manning every year, and then the Colts would be so good that he wouldn't play the final week. And because of that, I'd be screwed. And so a lot of people, I want to say about 10 years ago, made an adjustment in fantasy football leagues around the country where they moved the championship up one game. So I'm playing in the championship. I already defeated uh, the commissioner. Austin was the commissioner. Everyone wanted me to defeat the commish. I took down the commish. I put the team on my back. Because it is annoying when the commissioner gets to the finals. Yes, that was your Super Bowl. That was my Super Bowl. So I already won that, so I was happy. I didn't have to pay anything for this league. But I was excited to win some money, right? So I tinkered with my lineup, you know, final week of the season, blah, 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 blah. Thought I made some adjustments that were good. It came down to me against this guy named Chris in the championships. He used everybody in the 1 o'clock, right? Okay. And you know it was so darn frustrating. So check this out, all right? In the championship game that I'm playing, all right, he has Lamar Jackson. Lamar did not have a good first half against the Dolphins. Or a good first quarter. And then he blew up and had 24 (laughs) points at the end of the half because I'm playing against Isaiah Likely. I get it. Nobody cares about my fantasy team, but listen to me for a second. I'm playing against Lamar and Isaiah Likely. He throws a touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. Not one, but twice. And then Puka Nakua did nothing all game for the Rams against the Giants. Then he has an 80-yard catch and run. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting destroyed here. Mike Evans did nothing. And all of a sudden, he has a 45-yard catch. McCaffrey. Thank goodness Washington did pretty good against him. So, I had a good game from... Josh Allen, of course, Kamara screwed me, got hurt. Devonta Smith screwed me, got hurt. Everyone on my roster screwed me, got hurt. Raheem Moster, literally the second best running back all season, was averaging 22 points. Scratch, didn't play. 20 minutes before kickoff, they pulled him out. So I had to make an adjustment in my lineup and play Najee Harris. All right? I thought it was no chance I'm going to win. I needed 30 points in the 4 o'clock game, Pittsburgh against Seattle. Najee Harris had a great game, had a couple big runs, had two touchdowns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers were driving down the field. They're up by seven with under two minutes to go against the Seattle Seahawks. They just need a first down to run out the clock. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, if Najee scores a touchdown, six more points, I win. Six more points. Six more points. That's all I need. All right? I'm watching the game with my friend. We're, we're going against each other in the finals. Najee Harris, on a third down run, broke through the Seattle defense, is three yards away from the end zone, 
He took a seat at the second freaking down. He took a seat at the two-yard line. He walks into the end zone. I win the fantasy league by .2 points. I win all the money. He sat down. He put his butt on the dirt at the two-yard line. That's brutal. That's yeah. terrible. I'm what, so sorry. Hey, Najee, what are you thinking? If you score, it's a 13-point game. It's already game over. What is this? Oh, his team, they wanted to get victory formation. Screw victory formation. You screwed me, Najee. Yeah, I sadly. Couldn't believe this. No fantasy for me. Stopped at the two-yard line when he needs two more yards to win me the championship. I will never draft Najee Harris again. I'll never root for Pittsburgh again. I hope I hope the city of Pittsburgh... Oh, I don't know what to say about this. I just hate Pittsburgh. I'll probably never go back to Pittsburgh. You'll never see me wear yellow again for the rest of my life because Najee Harris wants to take a seat at the two-yard line. Why are you sitting down? You get paid to score touchdowns. You play the game to run into the end zone, Najee. You were already up by seven. It was going to be a two-possession game. What if you get down at one, and then they botch the snap, and they fumble it again? What are you going to do then, Najee? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Najee? Adam just threw I've just chair. lost my fantasy championships because you decided it was a good idea to put your butt on the freaking turf on the two-yard line. Nobody touched you. You went down! And I went down because he went down. I can't believe it. I'm watching the game, I'm thinking there's no way I have a chance. And then I watched him break through, and I, I held my breath. I'm thinking he's obviously going to score here. Fantasy football has ruined the NFL. I don't even want to watch this game anymore. Sports gambling has rigged the NFL. I might, I might be done with this league entirely. I mean, I might be all in on college football. I might just buy a Michael Penix jersey. The NFL sucks now. My team sucks. My organization sucks. My fantasy team lost because Najee Harris sucks. This league sucks. It's not cool to watch the NFL anymore. Everybody's betting on it. Oh, let's let's vote for the over. How about how about who wins the damn game, Najee? Your team was guaranteed victory if you walk into the end zone. Now I hope you lose next week. I hope you don't get into the postseason. I hope Pittsburgh cuts you, Najee Harris. Go back and be an assistant coach on Nick Saban's staff at Alabama because you don't deserve to bowl anymore. It's a good good start to the year for the show. High energy. I just I do not understand what he's thinking there. Because if you get into victory formation, you could still fumble it. If you get into the end zone, it's a 13-point game with 30 seconds left. They're not going to score twice. They're not even going to score once. You're going to win fantasy championships for everyone around the country. Now, I'm the idiot that drafted a Pittsburgh running back when their backup is better than you, Najee. Yeah, the backup is better than you. And your quarterback sucks, too. <laughs> It's my fantasy championship. It doesn't affect anybody listening. But it affected me, and it hurt me to my core. I should have won. I should have won. You know what I like to do? Stop, I like to win. I don't play to lose the game, Najee! Freaking Najee Harris. Freaking Najee. I mean, who, like, who even names their child Najee? It's just, Right? Why He has two E's in his name because he likes to sit down at the two-yard line and lose me a fantasy football championship. Well, if we really think about it, he won. The other guy 
He, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So he's, oh, I know. He's probably the biggest Najee Harris fan. The other fan guy's a Ravens fan. Congratulations, Pittsburgh. You won it for a Ravens fan. Losers. My goodness. Stop. I, I was already getting ready to. I was going to buy you a whole meal. I was going to take care of everyone at the fan with my $200 that I won from fantasy. Now I'm charging you money. I want that $2.50 you owe me for the bills. I want it Not now, Stop. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm going to Venmo you request it right now. <laughs> I'm not going to pay you yet. They're, They're you not have in the to playoffs accept yet. it now. They're not in the playoffs I'm yet. I'm sending the request right now. I need money. <laughs> I'm desperate now because Najee Harris went down at the two-yard line. I mean, I've seen people go down at the two-yard line before, and I've always thought it was stupid. It just is. It's, here's what it is, right? It's a, it's a me move. It's a me. I want to make it all about me. I want to sit down at the two-yard line so people look at me at the two. Why wouldn't wouldn't a touchdown be more of a... That's what I thought. Him, that but he's thinking about me. He's thinking about, oh, we're guaranteed to win because of me. Right? If, we, if I get in the end zone, then we win because the defense gets a stop. It's not about him. Right? It's, that's why he's got the, all these E's in his name because it's Najee about me. There's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand him. I mean, honestly, I'm. Can I? It, the season's over. Can I trade Najee Harris? Something really just clicked in can you. Right somebody now? else have him. Ne- is- I will never use him again. I will never use a Pittsburgh running back. I won't even use a Pittsburgh player in fantasy the rest of my fantasy life. I'm done with it. I might not even play fantasy next year. I don't believe you. No, I'm going to play in three <laughs> leagues. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be the commissioner of my own league next year. And the new rule is that if a player goes down at the two-yard line, you still get the six points for the touchdown that should have happened. Okay, but what if someone beats you because of that? Then you, I'll are take you going to revoke that? No, I'll <laughs> You're take take the okay. I'm not a bad commissioner. Okay, okay. I'm, all right? I'm fair. I all play right, by the right. rules. I okay. play by the rules. Okay. All right. Are we supposed to do a radio show here? I'm just I'm thinking about my fantasy lineup, and you know I I also had two guys on the bench that outscored guys that started, you know. So it's pro it's like it's on me. Some, yeah, it's on me, but I, I I don't want to admit it, you know. No, I think this is fair to be mad about. I mean, I was the two seed, I can... and and I won, and then I won again, and then I got to the championship game, and I should have won it all. Should have won it all. Turns out it's just a rebuilding year. We'll get him next year, <laughs> folks. We'll get him next year. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I apologize if I broke anyone's speakers last segment. Lost my mind a little bit, but we're back here. On the fan and Stubb, you wanted to do a little dude food this segment. Why not? Let's All do right, it. Sure. Food. Food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! <laughs> I can eat this off a of flip flop. <laughs> loves food. Dude. Food. You know, Stubb, let me start with this because my friend was asking me. I didn't know the answer. Now, you, it's different for us this year because you were at a bar. You were at the Camel. I was at, out at River City Roll. But, like, what food screams New Year's to you? Like, what what screams New Year's? I just, like, think of, like, just kind of leftovers from Christmas. Really? Or, you know what? Like, like appetizers. Okay. That's an appetizer's night, you know? You, yeah. Some, some mini quiches, some, some pigs in a blanket, yeah. some dips and chip. I also That's think, a like, Year's. a nice steak dinner. Right? A lot, really? Some, yeah, sometimes for New Year's. 
We did this a couple years ago. You go to like a fancy place, you have a nice steak dinner, and then you go to like the Gaylord and you know party till three a.m. at no, like a hotel. I've, it's kind of just been uh, when I do it at home with my parents, we just kind of have a an appetizer night. Really, that's what I usually think. Like a lot a kind of happy, like, like a party food situation. Yeah. Is, is usually what I would associate. Yeah, and that's with. a good point because you're drinking a lot, and what goes good with drinking like chips and yeah, cheese, pretzels, and crackers, that kind of thing. yeah, hummus, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what'd you want to bring up on dude food though? Well, you put something here that you, beer is is going down. Yeah, I so to... there was an article that came out last week in the Washington Examiner. In 2023, beer sales in the U.S. have declined to the lowest amount <clears throat> in over 20 years. In over 20 years, the U.S. sales of beer has gone down now. This year, declined to the most in about 20 years, and... Everyone's wondering why there's this noticeable decline in beer. A lot of people have pointed to <clears throat> Bud Light, right? There were people who boycotted it. Consumers decided they're not going to drink the once popular brand anymore. Um, I think the answer for me personally is the rise in seltzers, right? And and I think the seltzers to me started in COVID 2020. Like a lot of people during quarantine we're, eating, we're drinking Trulies and White Claws, and it was really popular. And I don't think the trend has ended to the point where, to me, it seems like like kids from their probably age 20 to 40 right now are drinking a lot more seltzers than they ever did. And I think that's why beer sales have declined. What do you think? Well, here's a fact that I've been hiding from myself from you, because okay. I know you're going to dog me, and no. it's that I don't drink beer. Yeah. I hate beer. I kind of knew that. Sure I mean, I, I took one look at this stubby, stub, stubberman. <laughs> Stubborn and stub won't try a beer. Yeah. I, so have you tried beers and you don't I've like? I've tried beers. It's like the worst thing I've ever tasted in my really? life. Well, it, um, it, everybody says that till they have two. You know. No, I've, tried, I've tried so many times. Have you have you ever gotten drunk off beer? Yeah, I I, I had to like funnel them, <laughs> and that like, I I did that. <laughs> like like I'm talking like an actual like funnel. shotgun beer bong kind yes, of thing. Yes, yeah. beer bong. Yeah. Uh, that's the only time I've ever gotten drunk off a of beer. Okay. Um, and I and it's seltzers. I don't love. I kind of I'm I'm a cider guy at the moment. Bold Rock is is a go-to for me, maybe okay. an Angry Orchard. Yeah. But I, I prefer, like, I'll just do, like, a shot or, like, a rum and coke. So for you, beer sales being down 2023, you just never buy. So yeah. it so doesn't I'm, matter. I'm not helping them out. So the article in the Washington Examiner says the decreasing demand for beer comes as more young people in the yeah. U.S. reach the legal age to drink and are instead drinking alternatives to beer, including spirits. A recent survey found that Gen Z... Oh, the generation we all hate. Well, that's mine. Yeah, uh, believe me. I don't like it. Uh, consume the lowest amount of alcohol among adults in the U.S. with just 58% of the legal drinking age responding that they had drunk alcohol in the past six months. Wow. So Everyone. Gen Zers don't drink alcohol. That's Ev part of it. Everyone I hang out with who is Gen Z. Yeah. I'll do. Yeah. I know, I know like maybe one person that doesn't. So See, I, that, I, I didn't think that was. But do a lot of people that are Gen Z... Love like White Claw and that kind of stuff. Um, it's a little bit. I I think I, I have a lot of beer friends. Yeah. I think every time I go to my friend's house, we he makes Jello shots. Yeah. Like that. It's kind of like it's a lot of mixed drinks. I yeah. think is is more of a go to of of my crowd. Like a cheap like cheap bottom shelf vodka with like Kroger brand Coke. Yeah. That's a go to for me. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about because I went through that phase too, where you yeah. just get something you know liquor and mix it with Gatorade and you'll be fine. Um. I don't know. The, the boycott, I think, actually did have something to do with it. Because I know for a fact that I posted Bud Light one night and my DMs got flooded with people upset at me. Yeah, and I don't I like don't, to get political on this at all. 
But I mean, I think I think the amount of people that people used to spend on Bud Light and then maybe stopped completely, and maybe they just started buying whiskey or bourbon or rum like that, has led to this. I I'm going to go with the answer though that it's the the rise of seltzers. I think so too. I think I think the alternate options <laughs> I think is the number one here. I think uh, uh, like seltzers are also healthier. Yeah, like that. That's a, like at least for like weight loss. Yeah, believe me, I'm like not that's... drinking a beer based on the calories. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is a big factor mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Uh, but I mean, even like uh, the parent company for Bud Light, Bud Light was number one in a different beer they had became number one. Yeah, it's not I like think, the parent. I think they, it was they, a Michelob no, or yeah, something. No one yeah. was affected by this boycott. Right. It was just a different brand took number one by the same company. Yeah. If but, you want to chime in, why are beer, beer sales down in 2023? It's 833-804-0910. Or you can be the quarterback or GM of this segment. Talk anything NFL, commanders, or more. 833-804-0910. Let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Dolphin Dave on line one. Dolphin Dave, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Watch. It's good to hear your voice, man. Listen, I, was gonna, uh, I, I have an NFL thing I want to uh, talk about. But first, well, two NFL things. Uh, but first, I'm 68 years old. I love my IPA. But <laughs> simply because of the calories, I do find myself drinking a lot more seltzers these days. Ooh, okay. Uh, I have never gotten drunk on seltzers because, I don't know, maybe the alcohol content and stuff, or I get, you know, the, the, the fizz gets me too full. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a long time, so I also got drunk on beer. So, um, so I like my beer, but I don't like what it does to my weight. And... Uh, I, I, when I go to a local watering hole, I usually get a shot and a Bud Light simply because of the calories. I'm not a fan of Bud Light. I just do it because of the calories and, you know, I'm having my shot with it. So, you know, that's getting me. I love that. Dolphin Dave, uh, I love you for that. You just walk (laughs) in, (laughs) let me get a Bud Light and a shot. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. You want to tell me, if you've never had, you want, you want my shot of choice? Yeah. Uh, Luna's all dark tequila. Oh yeah, okay. I'm a tequila guy. Okay, okay, that'll kill you. <laughs> uh, it's not super expensive. It's a good tequila on the on the on, the, on like a Cuervo Gold type situation. So that will be my usually my shot. Every so often I mix it in with maybe um, uh, Cromwell or Jameson, but uh, most of the times it's Luna's all the, uh, the the brown Luna's all. It's good stuff. It's not super expensive. Nice, nice. What uh, NFL topic do you want to bring up? Well, two things. First thing, I'm just going to kind of slide by this. My Dolphins obviously crapped the bed. I don't say bad <laughs> word, sorry. Uh, crapped the, the bed. Uh, I and, and and we're not, you know, offense fair, fair at best. Defense awful. Uh, and I, I know we had Xavier Howard out and, and that, but, you know, if you take a look and watch that game, which I turned off after three quarters because I just <laughs> got tired of seeing the uh, wide receivers for uh, – Baltimore completely on their own. They were in another zip code. Our guys weren't even fighting anywhere close. And it was always on the right-hand side. You know, as soon as uh, this Jackson was going to unfold, I said, here goes another one. It's good. The guys could be wide open. And the only time that we got him is they got him on the pick move uh, one time, but the rest of the time they just killed us. Yeah. Um, can you tell me how Pittsburgh has so many selfish players? And if you don't mind me asking, how this one team, and maybe it's just that everybody's selfish, but this one team's out. Uh, Pickens, the wide receiver was so bad, and I and, and, and so owners. Now last week is I, I hadn't started him in my fantasy week forever, and then last week if I had started him, I would have gone be able to go to the finals because he got thirty five points. 
you have a quarterback that someone told me that said now because he's a backup, he's not going to back up or he's going to do something like that. <laughs> and then what's this about Najee Harris leaning down the two-yard line? You know, I, I, I am appalled. I know football is hard, and, but I am appalled that people think so little of their team and their teammates that they actually act like that. Yeah, it's interesting. And the Najee Harris replay just came up on my screen, and now I want to scream again. He was wide open to run into the end zone. Uh, I don't understand what's going on in Pittsburgh because they've got a great organization. They've got a great head coach. But the last few years, players have been mouthing off. And it's not just George Pickens. Before that, it was Juju Smith-Schuster. And they've had several in recent years that are just all about themselves. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the water in Pittsburgh, but they get a bag of money and then they're all about themselves. It's a weird situation, man. I'm trying to remember who's the guy that's that won't be the Hall of Fame yet that was a linebacker that was so good for Baltimore. Uh, he retired about five, six years ago. Uh, for Baltimore, uh, mm, you're thinking after Ray Lewis, Bart Scott? No, um, no, no. I'll think about it in a minute. I th- I, but anyway, the thing is that. That locker room is missing as an enforcer because they used to say in Baltimore, if you screwed up once and you were acted the fool, that when you got in the locker room, he took you back in the showers, he put you up against the wall, didn't know who you are, and explained to him that was not put up with. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that Pittsburgh does not have an enforcer that goes up to these guys at just the first time. If he's done the first time to a player, somebody they respected, somebody who's big, someone who's bad. The rest of them are going to fall in line, and they're going to understand this is a team sport. No one's doing that in Pittsburgh, and that bothers me. And I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. Hey, man, good call. I appreciate you chiming in. Always good to hear from you. Happy New Year, Dolphin Dave. Happy New Year, buddy. Take care. Yep. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I woke alone. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. We're going to close out the show today with the legend Super Bowl champion, Doc Walker. But first, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Let's go to Kyle from the Museum District. Kyle, you're on The Fan. Hey, man, what's up? I'll make it quick, AWOD. Love yeah. y'all's show. Thank you. Okay, uh, prediction. The enemy. San Diego's going to throw serious money. He goes to San Diego. My choice for coaches, I want Harbaugh or I want Brian Malone. Who's Brian uh, Malone? Two, I'm not. Who's Brian Malone? Ooh. Uh, who's the guy who coached for the Dolphins and had the uh, discrimination suit? Oh, that was Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Yeah. Either Harbaugh or Flores. And as far as the draft, if we can get Caleb, I love Caleb Williams, but. The one they're not talking about is Bo Nix, not even the top three or four quarterbacks taken. I'd stay where we are, get offensive tackle, and hope to get Nix in like the one of the two early second round picks. Yeah. His completion percentage this year was off the board. He makes good decisions, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, and he's got a ton of experience. I kind of think he's kind of similar to Sam Howell. Uh, but good call, Kyle. And I do agree with you that there's going to be a team that throws a lot of money at Eric Bieniemy. Problem is, it's not going to be San Diego. It could be the Los Angeles Chargers, Kyle. Uh, but I appreciate you chiming in. Let's go to the Adid Mercer rug cleaning hotline. The legend, Doc Walker. What's going on, Doc? Awad, my tag team partner. <laughs> my well, man. How are you, dude? 
Um, I'm I'm good, man. Under these circumstances, <laughs> you can never be great. So, what do you think about we're Sam Howell now? Rotten environment, yeah. and uh, we're we're losing seven straight weeks in a row. But it won't be long, brother, that we can get at least an idea of the new direction. I have no idea what it will be, but as long as it's not what it is. I'm good. Yeah, we definitely need a new direction. But what are, you, what are your thoughts of Sam Howell now? I mean, how would you rate the quarterback? He's definitely gone downhill. Pro. No, he's a pro. Mm-hmm. He's not a franchise. What I think, I think got misconstrued was when people referenced him, could he be a franchise? Nobody can be a franchise quarterback that's not winning. Yeah. And winning puts you in, in championship contention. Kid, is he a starter? Yes. Could he be that? Yeah, but he needs to compete for a job like everybody should have to. We've always given that position away, and we haven't got it right yet since Kirk Cousins. So I'm saying I like Brissett, I like Howell, and I'm going to like the new person we bring in that should be the most talented guy we've had here in a long time. Yeah, what do you think was the issue for Sam in the second half? Because I thought he had a really decent half against San Francisco. They had one of the best defenses. They scored 10 points, and they got blanked in the third and the fourth quarter. Yeah, he just threw behind. That wasn't holding too long. I can handle a pick. Mm -hmm. I can't handle getting sacked. Yeah. Because, and I say that, red zone picks are unacceptable. We lost points. We might have been tied with the Niners. We would have had a half toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano with the 49ers, and he gave it away. And they weren't great picks. He threw the ball a yard and a half behind the guy. But Brissett, what we will probably never know is how this offense might have looked with B-Rob and Brissett going because he made it look way too easy, not once, but twice. Yeah, no, it's a great point. A lot of people are making a big deal on the fact that the team only ran the ball 14 times and that Eric Bieniemy doesn't run enough. But I've been saying, with our offensive line, why would you run and deal with second and 11s all season long? And yeah, at the same time, Bieniemy, he wants the total offensive stats to be awesome. And how do you do that? By throwing a ton. So I understand what was going through his mind, I feel like. Yeah, it's tough. I'll never figure it out. I don't like my linemen in two-point stances. I like them in three-point stances. I'm not a shotgun guy. Mm-hmm. I, 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 as a change of pace, okay. I'm not limiting myself in the run game for nobody. But see, without B-Rob for two weeks, it was different. If I get Rodriguez and B-Rob healthy, I'll take this crew we have. Then we bring out guys I hadn't played all year against the best opponent we played all year, and they didn't fall apart. Scott didn't fall apart. I mean, we, we had potential that wasn't allowed to play. That's called mismanagement. Mm-hmm. And so I want all these people gone and some people to come in and give these kids a chance to compete. And who knows what we have. But if you're second in the draft, you hope to never be there again, although we were there four years ago. Right. If there's a quarterback worthy, you have to take it. I'm with you, and that's what's so frustrating is that we're you know back in the same spot we were four years ago when we hired Ron Rivera, and yet he tells all the media that the team is in the franchise is in a better position now, and I think I disagree. I mean, have we gotten better as a franchise with Ron Rivera in charge? Look, it was 
really sad. I mean, I'm proud of Ron beating cancer. Yeah. We'll never know what it was like. He battled through chemo. I think it, I, I don't know how anybody can keep their wits through that. And so for that, I pray that he's healthy. But I, he doesn't win enough games for me. He's a, everybody talks about what a nice guy is. Yeah. I don't want a nice guy as my head coach. I, I want Belichick type guy. I want a sandpaper personality, porcupine personality. <laughs> because the nice guys are usually nice because they want to distract you from their record. And I'm only judging by their record, period. Yeah. I need somebody. I wish Eric Bieniemy. I don't like Eric Bieniemy. How did he call games with this group? But I love him as my head man running the program. I'd love my whole program to be energized by his enthusiasm, by his attention to detail. That he'd be brilliant at. But it's just way too much passing for my blood. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you when it comes to Eric Bieniemy. Anytime he, I hear him speak, I'm like, why didn't we fire Ron Rivera months ago and put that exactly. guy in charge? He gets me fired put him up. In charge. Let him be at the head of the pack and let him get his own coordinator. And then really, I mean, B. Robin Rodriguez, I go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Gibson, we got talent, but we got to reinforce that old line. And if I thought that was possible, then, then I'm going to Penn State and get that big left tackle. I, I really want him and the Texas tackle. It wouldn't hurt me if my first three picks were all O-linemen. Mm-hmm. I'm with I you. think it changes your game, even if you stuck with who you have. But can you pass on one of these three guys? And the most intriguing one out of the group, just in case you were going to ask me, is a kid out of LSU. Jaden Daniels. Because the quarterback that comes here immediately has to be the most mobile because he's going to be under pressure. You can't fix that in one year. Yeah. But you can get closer – but we got to get franchise left tackle. You got to do it. You just can't. Too many matchups. As long as Dallas is, is in your division, the Phillies in your division, and New York is in your division, you got to act like it and counter their strength. Because all of those people have a ferocious rush. Everybody has one but us. Doc, we're up against it here. We got to run. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. You're the best, Awad. Yep. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Doc Walker. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.